welcome to the C3 Camden podcast. For more information about our church, please visit www.c3camden.church. We are so thrilled that you're listening today and we hope you enjoy the message. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's great to be here. It's great uh, to be involved in Advent and the lead up to Christmas. I absolutely love Christmas. Our house is decked out and has been for over a month with Christmas lights everywhere, uh, Christmas trees up. I love it. And um, today we um, are following through the Advent um, or the tradition of Advent. I wonder um, whether you are familiar with the tradition of Advent because I have to admit that I'm not overly familiar with it. But the tradition of Advent was actually uh, looked at every Sunday, the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. Um, And we've been following that here at C3 Camden. And um, we are up to the third week and we're today talking about joy. Um, And so there was four candles that would be lit every Sunday. And uh, there's a little bit of differences, of of course, everywhere. But um, traditionally, those candles were uh, purple in colour. But the colour for joy was pink. Uh, so it was uh, the, the only candle that was quite different um, because that rose colour was representing joy. Um, I am uh, feeling really honoured and privileged to be able to share with you today and I thank Pastors Rowan and Jill and um, Pastors Edwina for the, the privilege it is to share with you today. But I also think that it's really fitting because when I think of Mari, I think of joy. Yeah. So as we're talking, um, it just, just to really acknowledge that it, when we're talking about joy, which we're going to go into today, Mari had that. Mari truly and utterly had that and shared it with all that, that she came in contact with. So the uh, candle, the joy, uh, it was actually also known as the shepherd's candle. Um, and maybe your mind is automatically going straight to the shepherds on that dark night where the angels announced uh, that Jesus had been born, and that's exactly what we're looking at today. But before we do that, I wonder, Jimmy, if you don't mind putting up my slides uh, and uh, having a look at these uh, people, and I wonder whether you see joy. Do these people... Yeah, I'll get to that. That's a good comment. Uh, Do these people have joy? Do they look like they have joy? What is joy? I wonder if uh, I had the... um, I did look, but I'm not great. Maybe I should have got Darren to do something like this, but to find me a a great clip and organise the IT side of things of putting up one of those Christmas ads at the moment. I mean, what comes to mind when you see a Christmas ad at the moment? Do you see joy? But how is that represented? Is it represented in the smiles and the families and the food and the tree and the lights? Is that what the world tells us that joy is? So if those ads are joy and this picture here is joy, then I'm finished. We're done. Let's go and have a cup of tea and we're done. Yeah? Well, no, because Pastor Rowan last week, was it last week? I was off last week, but I'm pretty sure he talked about the two kingdoms. Yes, I've got my right. Today's a bit like that. We think about the two kingdoms that we live in. We have the kingdom of this world who tells us what joy is. And it's very different to what the kingdom of God says joy is. And I really want to take you on a journey in just, maybe it's a reminder or a refresher, or maybe there's something new in it today, in terms of looking at what joy is. Now, going back to those photos... 
Someone made a comment. What do you see? Teeth. Teeth. Do you know why? Because they're all ads for orthodontists. <laughs> so do you see joy or now do you just see teeth? Yeah. I wonder, money, <laughs> says a dad <laughs> who's probably spent lots of money on orthodontists. Now, I think, um, have you ever looked at a photo of yourself and seen a smile but known that joy was probably one of the furthest things from your heart? I can remember of one photo of me and I look at it and I can see myself smiling and on the outside it looks like I have joy or I look like, I look like I'm happy. I'm smiling. But when I look at that photo, I know that that photo was taken at one of the most deepest, darkest times in my life and I had very little joy experience in my heart. And if I look closely, I can see that in my eyes. But on the surface, people would just see that. Oh, yep, that's happiness. We want to make a real difference today between that kind of what the world says joy is or what happiness is with all the smiles and what the kingdom is, what Jesus says. And I say that coming fully open and vulnerable with you. The lead up to today, I can say that joy hasn't been the strongest feeling in my heart. I think that God knows exactly what he's doing <laughs> in asking me to get up today to do this because it's been a real battle for me this year with, with my health and some of you might know about that. It, um, yeah, I just can't wait for this year to be finished, to be honest with you, and it's been a real struggle for me personally, um, but at the same time, I'm so thankful that I've had the opportunity just to sit and dwell and look at what joy is. So I come with you not as somebody who is going, hey, I've got the smile on today and I've got it all together and I'm going to tell you all about joy. That's not what today's about. I'm standing here before you fully acknowledging that I have really been battling with joy the last couple of weeks leading up to today. So hopefully we can journey together in that. So if we can have a look at the scripture, thanks, Jimmy, the shepherd's candle. So let's have a look at what we're talking about. We're talking about that night that Jesus was born, the shepherds in a field, uh, and the angel appears to them. I'm going to show you a video because I'm very visual after we read the Bible. It's really important that we get the word right first. But I want just to kind of remind you of the little things like we think of Christmas in our heads and we think that it's hot, yeah, like today. But we've got to remember that when this is taking place, it's actually winter, it's cold. These shepherds are in the middle of a field. There aren't, there's no electricity, so it's not lit. It's not like there's, you know, light from afar that they can still see things. It's probably pitch dark. And the only light that they probably had was from the stars above them. And there was one bright one there, yeah. Uh, and um, but maybe they had a fire going. But the shepherds lived in the field. It's not like, you know, they were just roaming in the field. They actually lived in the field. It's more than likely a temporary home, which is kind of what you're going to be able to see in the clip that I'm going to show you. So kind of really important that we really put into reality what we're actually looking at to kind of take away from that kind of Christmas kind of commercialised view of what we think is going on here. So let's read through uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And it says that there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
So you've got to think, remember, we're in the darkness. And this massive light appears, shines, shines all around them, and they are terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praying God, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the, he- the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered on them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. So let's watch now um, a clip. It's from The Chosen. Um, so know that a couple of you, or most of you have probably seen clips of The Chosen. Um, this clip comes from a bigger kind of one titled The Shepherd, I think, and I, I'd really encourage you to take the time um, to watch it. I, I, you can just Google it um, if you type in The Chosen and uh, be able to watch it. So um, this is just a, a great illustration. I've got to keep in mind that we've just embedded our minds in the word and that the, um, the, the guys that have done The Chosen have um, added a little bit of artistic flair in there but there's, it's great to help us to um, meditate and to visualise what the word actually is. So Jimmy, if you don't mind playing that now, thanks. Oh. 
shall call his name Emmanuel. Thank you, Jimmy. Do you get emotional? I look at that child and the, that cry and look at defensive Joseph getting up when those shepherds walk in. It makes, yeah, it makes me really uh, get those cold shivers. But what I really want to focus on today is, is, is two sentences that the angel said. The angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. If you think about what you just saw then and what you know about Christmas, maybe you might ask, why joy? Of all of the things that the angels could have said, like they were announcing the birth of Jesus, but why joy? What has joy got to do with it? And remember, it's not that joy that we're talking about of that feeling of happiness at Christmas time, we're really going deeper into looking at what is that joy? And in order to understand what that joy is, 
what real joy is, is to actually go all the way back to the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament is all about this very moment. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the, the Old Testament is a struggle right from that fall of people trying to redeem themselves, of Israelites wanting to hold on to or holding on to promises. There's prophets and there's um, kings and, and uh, you know, all telling of Jesus who was coming, who was coming to save. So even if you go back to Genesis, right in chapter 3, right after the fall, there is a scripture that talks about Eve's offspring, the offspring from a woman, will crush the head of the serpent. So already in Genesis 3, we're seeing reference to Jesus. In Genesis 12, the covenant that's made to Abraham, that Abraham will be made into a great nation and that all people will be blessed through him. In Genesis and Numbers, we're told about the Saviour coming from the line of Abraham, the line of Isaac, the line of Jacob, and also that the Messiah would come from the tribe of Judah. King David in, in, uh, the, in 2 Samuel, we again are told that Jesus the Messiah would come from David's throne and would, would reign for the whole of eternity. So then we've got the prophets, lots and lots of prophets. I'm not going to go into all of them, but Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 7, it actually says that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Did we not just see that? Yeah. Scripture tells us that Jesus' name and also the circumstances of his birth, and that was written 700 years before his birth. And even 800 years before his birth, the prophet Micah um, it declared that of the place that Jesus would be born uh, in Bethlehem. So we've got this whole Old Testament, the whole story of our, our whole being, our whole world as we know it, talking about Jesus, showing how right from Genesis chapter 3, sin entered the world. There was sin, fallenness, lies, deception, darkness, and how time and time again throughout the whole of history, people were trying to find that saviour, trying to find that redemption. And we see these pockets of prophecy the whole way along pointing to this sign, pointing to the one person, the one deity that would be able to take away all pain and suffering. Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man, who would be able to conquer sin. Nothing else. Nothing else can do that. So this Old Testament is pointing to this. It's like, it's like a dramatic movie. Or maybe, um, I don't know, went to Guy Sebastian randomly uh, a couple of months ago sometime. If you, you think about the opening of a concert or the opening of a, um, an opera or ballet, whatever it is, if you think about the kind of like everyone's taking their seats, the, the stage goes dark, there's a little bit of a kind of a, a quietness, a bit of waiting, and then, you know, there might be a small light that comes on one side of the stage and there might be a soft music um, that, that starts playing and then it, and it builds. More lights come on, more music, more sound, more drama, building the intensity, building and building and building. And that's what the Old Testament was like. 
They're building and building. Here are all these prophets telling you, Jesus is coming. He's going to save you. He's coming from the town of Bethlehem. He's coming from the line of Abraham and, and the tribe of Judah. He's coming, he's coming and coming. And then all of a sudden in the Old Testament, we get silence. 400 years of silence. This building. And then 400 years of silence. Similar to the darkness and the silence of those shepherds sitting in the field that night. Silence. The tribes of Israel were waiting for this saviour to come, waiting and waiting, and then everything went silent. But they held on, they held on to those promises. And then they heard it. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. The Greek word for joy is chara, and it and it's talking about an inner gladness, a delight or a rejoicing. And every time that the word chara is used in the New Testament, it's actually linked with two things. The word chara is for joy is used um, for it has to be based on truth. Yep. So it was that that feeling of delight or innermost gladness based on truth, but also independent on what happens around us. Yep. So say that again. So it was based on truth. Joy is based on truth and joy is independent on what is happening around us. So what does that tell us? It tells us that joy is not an experience that we can derive. It's not an experience that you can go out into this world as it is and find it. It's not under a Christmas tree. It's not in, even in like some of the people around you. It's not something that you can create. It is a gift from God. Yeah? So it's only a gift from God. You can't create it. You can't make it. You can't go and find it anywhere else. You can't find it in shops. You can't find it in buying great cars or great houses or getting that dream job. It's, that's not where you will find joy. That's what the kingdom of the world tells us to look for it and how to find it. But it's not. It's a gift from God. The angel says, I bring you good news. It is a gift. You cannot make it. The other thing that the angel said was that it was for all people. You think about shepherds. They're pretty, in that day and age, they're pretty lowly people. They, they didn't have great status. They didn't have great fame, great wisdom uh, in, in the eyes of the world. They were living in a field in a temporary abode. But they were not exempt from a divine visit. The same way that not one of us in this room is exempt from a divine visit. Yeah? Okay, so the other thing um, that I want to say is that... I'm just wondering whether I get the band back up. Can I get the band back up? Yep. Thank you. So if it's a gift... And it's from God, then the only way that you can experience joy 
is from God. And so in that darkness, in the field, that night, the shepherds were sitting and waiting in that darkness and probably in that cold. They were waiting for that whole of their life. They'd heard of this saviour that was coming to take away pain and suffering, taking away sin and fallenness, taking away tears. And here they were in the field, terrified, overcome with the bright lights and being told that joy had come. Joy was here and it was in Jesus. You can experience feelings of happiness. I feel it around Christmas, as I said, love Christmas, lights are up, trees up, I love looking at my kids. I take great delight in watching my kids be excited and and have joy in them. I love Christmas traditions. I love eating myself until I explode on Christmas Day. Well, not really, but it makes me feel happy. And I am sure that there are plenty of circumstances around you that make you feel happy, that bring you pleasure. But I want you to go deeper and to look at joy. Because if joy is a gift from the Lord, it is yours. If you have received the Lord as your Saviour, if you have given Him authority over your life, if you belong to Him, you have joy. And it might have been that a really long time ago that you might have experienced it. You might have kind of even missed it. Maybe it's been a really long time since you felt that real deep joy. But it's there. It's in you. Do you think of Oprah Winfrey? You know, when she had those shows that was like those Christmas giveaways and it's like, you've got a car, you've got a car. Well, you've got joy. You've got joy. You've got joy. We've all got joy because God, Jesus, is in our hearts. Yeah. And my friends, if you haven't, you're not sure whether Jesus is in your heart, whether you truly accept him, then don't go home tonight until you've spoken to someone and ask questions about that. For those who are living in that struggle, that everyday struggle, just like me, where you think that things around you make things feel dark and heavy, joy is still there because it can't be taken from you. It's a gift from God and it is in you. And it is independent on your, of your circumstances. It's independent of your circumstances. So what do you do when you're in the middle of that darkness, when you're suffering and you've got pain and you're uncertain and you're worried and you're anxious? And what on earth do we do? Knowing that I've got this joy, but it's the furthest thing that I feel right now, what can I do? And I tell you one thing, Let's look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 5. And this is the message version, and I love how this is written. It says, celebrate God all day, every day, revel in Him. When I am sitting this week in the car with immense pain after having an injection that went wrong and my leg leg went dead and paralysed and I couldn't walk, I just wanted to burst in tears and going after everything else that's going on right now. Why this? Why now? And what, why, where is my joy? Where are you, Lord? And I stopped and then wait, stop, be thankful. 
And it was the hardest thing to get out of my mouth that I sat there with Lyndon driving the car and I just said, thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Celebrate God all day, every day, revel in Him. Make it clear as day to all that you meet that you are on their side working for, working for them and not against them. Help those around you to see that the Master is about to arrive and He will show up any minute. Revel in Him. Celebrate Him because you have joy in you. You have it in you. So let's sing now. Think about being that shepherd in the darkness, in that field, waiting for your Saviour, waiting for that one thing that will take away your pain and your suffering, your sin and your fallenness, your anxiety, your frustration, your worry. The one thing that will give you eternal life, peace, joy and love is Christ. So stand with me now. Imagine yourself in that field and we're going to sing joy, unspeakable joy. Start thanking Him, praise Him, sing it out loud, declare that Jesus Christ is your Lord and King and you have joy in you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from our church. We pray that you feel empowered by what you've heard today. We hope that you can stay connected by following us online. You can find us at C3 Camden on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube or visit our website at www.c3camden.church You always will be